This might be real. The thought brought Rafe to an abrupt stop, just short of the table where Nicole sat. A frown deepened on his brow as he slowly contemplated the stunning, barely-dressed woman looking at him with an increasingly puzzled look as the silence lengthened. I'm freaking out, he finally said. Because this situation falls into the category of things I didn't intend to happen, and as a rule, I generally avoid attachments. He smiled wryly, always, as a matter of fact. So, he took a quick breath. No disrespect, but I'm going to pass on this. She didn't doubt him. He'd spoken plainly enough. How much? she asked. He looked at her sharply. I beg your pardon? How much do you want to pass on this? Give me a percentage. She sat up straighter as if she knew she dealt from a position of strength. And when he looked at her, expressionless and silent, she said, Do you want me to tell you why you're spooked? Sitting there quietly, her self-possession struck him as strangely seductive. He wanted to be angry with her, but she was so assured, he couldn't help but admire her. And of course, he wanted to fuck her too. Really? He muttered, frustrated by his contradictory emotions, by his riveting interest in this woman. You have all the fucking answers? Maybe just a few. She raised her brows slightly, immune to his male phobia on relationships. Or would you prefer I leave? He dragged in a breath, stared at her, and knew he was going to regret it even before he said, No. Then be nice. I don't need you to make my life interesting. I can do that on my own. She smiled just a little because he was looking at her with such blunt curiosity, it was clear she didn't conform to his type of sex partners. With all the single men on your guest list today, finding someone to entertain me won't be a problem. She was a cheeky little thing. Actually, not so little everywhere, he corrected himself, letting his gaze settle briefly on her lush tits. Suddenly, his misgivings were irrelevant, evaporating like rain in the desert after a hundred-year drought. Slipping his hand into his shorts pocket, he pulled out the door key and held it up. One slight drawback to finding other entertainment. Her eyes widened slightly. You're serious. As death and taxes, he said softly. Hmm. She measured the distance from the table to the key. He followed her glance and suddenly smiled. In over your head? She smiled back. Never. It was his turn to say, hmm. She was relaxed, her breathing steady, not even a hint of unease in her lounging posture, despite the fact that she was locked in a stranger's stateroom and wearing very little. Don't tell me you have a black belt in karate or something. Pocketing the key, he dropped into a chair opposite her. Not a black belt, but I do have something. Her blue gaze sparkled with amusement. Something you want. I could just take it. She gave him a look of mild forbearance. Now where's the fun in that? He placed his hands on the marquetry table, slid them forward, and, leaning over, held her brilliant blue gaze. Tell me about this fun. First, she said gently, Let's clear away the obstacles. We're both feeling this incredible attraction, excitement, whatever it is. Don't panic, I'm just stating a fact.
I'm not looking for permanence. I have a life. You have a life. And that's not going to change. You don't have to explain anything to me about what you've done in the past or why you've done it. She leaned back a little in the chagrin and aluminum sculpted chair and smiled at him. And if it makes you more comfortable, I don't have boyfriends probably for the same reasons you don't have, what, attachments? Are we good now? Can we just enjoy ourselves? I'm sure you know how, and if you don't, she laughed a little. I have some suggestions. Her soft laughter was without artifice and damned charming. Sliding back in his chair, he smiled warmly. Are you a bloody therapist? No, just realistic. Fickle, super busy, like you, I'm guessing.